And hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Stuart Vine. As you can hear, all by myself, no justice this time. Um, work commitments have got in the way, uh, so he's unable to attend this review. So it'd just be myself talking about AEW Full Gear, the last AEW pay-per-view of the year. Obviously, had so many matches I was looking forward to, but three I was really looking forward to the most. Obviously, CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. Uh, we had Brian Danielson versus Miro. And obviously, the main event, we've been waiting basically two years to finally manifest itself is Kenny Omega versus Alan Page for the AEW World Championship. Obviously, if you like what you hear, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also find us on Spotify, you can on iTunes, and on Anchor. Um, so, yeah, so enough of me rambling. Let's get stuck into talking about AEW Full Gear. Hit the music. Just made the list. So yeah, let's talk about AW Full Gear 2021. A show that I really, really love. I mean, it's just such a, it was such a good show. I mean, obviously coming off the back of All Out, um, with how groundbreakingly awesome that was, it seems like there was a high bar for for AW. But my God, I think it. Like that's two great shows in a row now they've done. They've got this great momentum that I really am not enjoying. Uh, I think all the big matches that I said in the opening were delivered. I mean, CM Punk, Eddie, Eddie Kingston, amazing match. I mean, ten minutes, but it felt it was so satisfying. Obviously, you had Danny Bryan Miro was also very good in its own different way, a bit longer. I mean, obviously, it was kind of a shoe horned in kind of feud, but it still worked as a matchup. And obviously, the main event just, I mean, everything that you would expect for a match like that. We've been waiting so long, and it was so satisfying, so satisfying that Adam Page finally won the big one after nearly two years of struggle. Long term storytelling at its best. I, I loved it. I, I think it, I think it was a bit bloated. And it did feel a bit like at times when I think it was like maybe the women's match, tag, uh, the women's uh, world title match, I mean, or maybe the pack and uh, Cody tag team match kind of felt like, okay, why is this here? But yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a fantastic show. I mean, these are the kind of shows that make my mind me why I watch AEW more than I do WWE these days. So that it just, this is the wrestling I like. Um, it does, it, it builds up storylines, not the best sometimes. But they deliver on the big matches that they deliver. And that's what you want for your pro wrestling matches. Might sound like an AEW like fanboy at the moment. But they're knocking it out of the park at the moment. So you got to give them credit where credit's due. So, uh, but yeah, so that's my kind of initial thoughts on the show. So, yeah, let's get dive straight into talking about each match on the card. I mean, it's a, 10 matches, a lot to talk about. So, but before we get onto the main show, let's talk about the buy-in. Obviously, that was a tag team match between Hikata Shida and Thunder Rosa going against Jamie Hayter and Nala Rose. I think I pronounced that correctly. Um, yeah, I think this kind of was the kind of like a prelude to their kind of... I think they're both in the quite quarterfinal matches of the TBS Championship tournaments that they're doing for that new... Uh, was it basically TV title they're going to be putting on for when they move TBS, I think, next year. Started next year, I think. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I heard that obviously um, Kadoshida pinned Nala Rose. So I think that's going to set up kind of like she can beat her. So that could be a nice match. I think that's on the Dynamite this week. So that should be good. But yeah, I mean, that was, um, they put that on the show. It makes sense. It would have felt a bit off being on the main show. And um, yeah, shows the women. So Awesome stuff there. Also, we had other stuff like, I think uh, the main one that really intrigued me was um, the idea that we're going to have Ikada Ishii 
is going to be teaming up with um, uh, Owens Cassidy going against Butcher and the Blade. Um, obviously, as we, if you've been watching AW, know that Owens Cassidy and the best friends are now part of Chaos. Okada has made them join or asked them to join the team. That's exciting and has so many interesting opportunities so i can't actually wait to see where that goes so that'd be an interesting thing but it's kind of what they were doing i mean it was kind of buying i don't really watch the buying because i said is it saying when i don't watch the kickoff show with wwe it's not really my thing i don't need to because i'm already invested i'm gonna watch it so there's no need to try and convince me i'm watching your shit product so don't try it it's fine but um yeah so that's go and talk about obviously the match to start the show in a match that shocked everyone we are obviously talking about Darby Allen versus MJF in a feud that has basically been put together by basically MJF running his mouth and talking about Darby Allen's kind of car accident with his uncle the reason why he wears the face paint on like why he's dead half you know half of his side of his body but um yeah I mean as MJF is very good at making you you know hate him He's a perfect, perfect heel. It was Darby Allen. He's a very sympathetic character. Um, so I didn't know what to expect with this one. Purely for the fact that it was going to be one of those matches that MGF is kind of like, I sometimes feel that his in-ring ability is very good. But I think his character work is way better. But this match proved to be wrong. Because my God, what an opener this was. I mean, good God. It's just, it was just like, it shows these guys know each other so well. I don't um, because it's some of the the early um, uh, was it counters of of kind of like back to back counters technical fair it was at the beginning, which is just amazing. It's like so fluent, so good. So yeah, I mean obviously that kind of stuff started off. Obviously the, also the story is uh, MGF said he was going to beat he's going to beat Darby Allen with a headlock uh, because he's um, he's Darby Allen. He's basically he's in MGF is in Darby Allen's head. I think I pronounced that right. So. He's like, he could beat him, wang wings around him. But that's obviously not what happened in the sense of what happened in the match. But um, but yeah, that's pretty much still going as well. Obviously, a technical fair, awesome stuff there. We obviously um, it started to get interesting when obviously Darby Allen um, tries to do a coffin drop from the top um, on on the outside of the apron because obviously MGF was there. But MGF moved that the way. So obviously another one of them very awkward landings by Darby Allen. Where he, he's back on the apron that would hurt. I mean, good God, stop it, man. Stop doing this stuff. Uh, so after this match, uh, after that bit, he was like, obviously MGF's working on the back. Uh, we did have some cool bit where he done a very awesome backbreaker. But obviously, um, nice little tidbit there. We had a thing where he, um, while doing that, he hurt his knee. So, and he really sold it very nicely. Very nicely. When every time he hit it, he's like, he really sold it. Very good there. We obviously, um, after that, obviously, we had uh, back and forth from them. We got a really cool, like, kind of, was it like a top rope stunner from the top rope? That was really cool. We got another coffin job attempt, but MJF just keeps moving out of the way. Uh, we hit, he hit a really cool, like, was it powerbomb knee backbreaker? Kind of like we'd done a powerbomb onto the knee. Really cool stuff there. Uh, but then we obviously got MJF keep hitting Darby Allen. Um, but you know, Dibiana kept getting up. This is what is his whole story. You can beat the crap out of him so much, the guy Stu keeps getting up. Uh, we had a cool little back and forth that we had um, Darby Allen trying to go for a cold red, a cold red, but MGF counted into a power bomb. Trust me, check it out. It's an awesome move. We had MGF locking in a what sharpshooter or Scorpion Death Death Lock, um, trying to trying to um, be a insult to Sting, obviously because I think they attacked a couple weeks ago as well. So. It depends how you look at it. Uh, we had a bit with... Uh, but yeah, the whole match was basically Darby Allen had injured back. MJF had a bad knee. So what one was going to 
come out first. Warps Phoenix going to help the other person win. Uh, we got a very uncomfortable Tombstone Power Driver on the apron uh, by MGF on Darby Allen again. But again with the knee, he sold it very well that he sh probably shouldn't have done that. Uh, we got a nice super. We got a nice. Uh, we got a nice um, pin attempt where they all kept doing pin after pin after pin, and they kept. It was funny bit when they're going round and round and round and round the ring. F check it out. It's funny. It's funny as hell. It's really funny. Uh, obviously, then we got we we got a reversal of the spot we got last time with with uh, MGF trying to do a power bomb that Darby encountered into a cold red. Awesome move. It's again these guys not so too well. But um, but yeah, we obviously got a bit where Darby Allen did hit the coffin drop on the outside. Then he went in, uh, brought um, MGF into it um, to try and hit it on the inside. But Darby Allen, I mean MGF, put the knees up. But yeah, and then we get to the end of the match with basically MGF went to the outside, grabbed Darby Allen's skateboard and basically folded it to him, trying to gulp him to try and hit him with it. Obviously Darby Allen, as the face, wouldn't do that. So the ref took the skateboard out. But why he was, why she was doing this? Obviously, uh, was MGF, uh, was it got his, um, was it ring? Was it the diamond ring? Yes, again. Put it on. Whack. Slap bang in the face of Darby Allen. He's out cold. And then, obviously, just to make insult to injury, we obviously got MGF doing a headlock takeover kind of pin attempt to get the free. So, he gets the win in a 22-minute match. And, yeah, I mean, it's... It's one of those matches that's like, yeah, you would think Darby Allen would win, but MGF is such a very crafty heel that we're all sitting there going, great, we've got to sit here for another couple of months talking about how he done exactly what he said he would do. He cheated as hell, but that's why MGF's so good. And Darby Allen, these are one of these matches that are a perfect example of you can lose, but still look great. And these two kick, you know, knocked out of the park. I mean, come on, opening match. I wasn't expecting much for this match, but I was. I think we all were like, "Holy crap!" I can see why they put this match first. But yeah, I mean, it's an interesting finish. It probably wouldn't surprise me if this fuse not over yet. Obviously, we all know MGF's kind of been kind of positioned for that person's going to take that title off. Sorry, spoilers, Adam Page. So we're going to be interesting to see where that goes. But yeah, MGF, great. Darby Allen, great. Great opener. What can I more can I say than awesome stuff? I cannot wait to see where this goes. But yeah, so MGF gets the win. And yeah, it's got some more to gloat about. That's never good when MGF has more to gloat about. So so yeah, so next we talk about the um, AEW World Tag Team Championship match with the Lucha Bros going against FTR in a match that kind of was set up by... I don't know, it's very strange how this is all set up. It's kind of FTR is going after... Uh, Lucha Brothers because they want the tag team titles back, but also because they're getting paid off by um, Adrade, um to kind of um, mess with Pac. Um, it's a very strange storyline, and they're kind of like hired guns for like you know, you know, Adrade and all that kind of stuff. So it's a cool stuff when you think about. It, but it, when you think about, it, it's been a year since FTR lost the titles to the Young Bucks at Full Gear. So there is a full circle thing going around here it's taken them nearly a year to get back in the hunt for them championships but um you expect going into this it was very very apparently you're going to get a very awesome match purely for the fact that it's, it's lucha bros especially phoenix ray phoenix it's going to be amazing you just know it is 
But uh, but yeah, let's talk about the match in general. Obviously, at the start, it was very big. Was it a big brawl? Because obviously, proper back and forth. Again, a lot of stuff in this match. It's very hard to keep them, keep it going. Uh, we did get a really cool thing in the beginning where, I think, was it Ray Phoenix monkey flipped Penta into uh, into a cannonball on both FTR. That was a kind of pet. Was it perched in the corner? Very strangely, like, perched, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a really cool move. We also got this weird submission thing where I think it was, like, um, both of them had, both of FTR was there, where I think it was, like, one had a cross face and one had an octopus lock. It's, I'll probably put the picture up on YouTube, but, yeah, it's, it's hard to explain, but really good. So, we had some cool stuff there. Uh, FTR did start to get back into it. We had a bit where, uh, was it FTR, the Dumber team, stun gun on, uh, stun gun, but, but uh, was it Ray Phoenix got to the world for two? Uh, we did bit a bit where FTR tried to tie Penta's mask to the bottom rope, uh, and then obviously you get some stomps on him. Very sneaky, very smart tactics by the heel team. Obviously FTR. Obviously we got some. We got a nice um, the old uh, ref didn't see it thing that you don't see as much. Well, not as much as you know as you used to back in the attitude. A lot of times they did that. A lot. Uh, obviously a bit where obviously the tag. Obviously was it. Penta got into the match, but obvi- but obviously the um, ref did not see it, so it was not a tag. So, but Ray Phoenix did get into the wing eventually. It was basically what you expect on fire. He seemed to do like a running kick uh, on the ropes for two. Again, Ray Phoenix is amazing. Uh, but then we got a cool thing where was it? Uh, Harwood got uh, caught Phoenix, and then Penta kicked Harwood off the apron. And when Phoenix went for the cover. Howard kicked him into Wheeler, who had the AAA championship in hand, so he basically went headfirst into the title. Very similar to how they won the AAA championships, but but um, obviously that was not after he did that. He obviously hit a nice brain buster, Howard, but that was not enough. Could have easily ended the match, he did, so, but it didn't, so great near fall there. Awesome stuff. Obviously, then we got we got obviously Tony Blanchard getting involved, no surprise, grabs the leg in front of the ref. But how I was able to capitalize and punch him in the face. Obviously, as point after point out, obviously this was the anniversary of uh, the sad passing of Eddie Guerrero on the timing of the show. God, I mean, we miss you, Eddie. And there was throughout the show, there was a lot, and I mean a lot, of like homages to his Free Amigos, uh, the Frogs Blaster, getting a bit of Latino heat type stuff. So, and this was no diff. This was no different. We had Harwood doing a bit of a Eddie Guerrero shake, trying hitting the two Free Amigos. But Penta had none of that. Hit two, three of his own, and then we had we had Phoenix go, come back, come into the match, and hit a frog splash from the top. As you expect, great height, great spot, awesome stuff. Uh, we got a really cool spike. Uh, was it high, both FTR hitting a spike power drive on Phoenix for a two? We had this weird thing where was the um, uh, was it the Lucha Bros? Where I think it was like Penta had that power, that power driver he has, uh, and then we had Phoenix jump over him. Jump was it jump over him to hit uh, the other member of FTR and obviously and then he hit uh, the power driver. But trust me, again, I can't describe it any better than just it's it's what you expect. Um, it was crazy. But um, the end of the match kind of well, when the match was basically that the um, uh, that uh, a cash wielder wielder uh, put the mask on. Uh, to try and use the old twin magic type stuff, you know, so the ref doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't know who's who. Uh, just like they tried to do when they obviously they were trying to be uh, how they won the AAA championships. Uh, so obviously, uh, Cash Wilder, who was not the legal man, uh, who actually was the legal, uh, was it? Even I'm confused by this whole thing. 
So I think we would have put the mask on because I think uh, Cash uh, Harwood was the legal man. Uh, so uh, we had that, obviously. But it was obvious it was Wilder. But again, for the story, makes sense. Uh, using the old uh, switcheroo and then trying to put his foot on the ropes to try and get a cheat win. But the ref saw it. Got to love the ref sometimes. Actually, that's right, smart. Then you got, was it, Lucha Brothers came in, hit and assisted DDT and Wilder uh, for the pinfall. And um, yeah, and got the win. And it's still your AW World Tag Team Champions. But no surprise that, I mean, again, it was a weird, weird thing about the ending. It was very flat, very flat. I mean, it felt like all the cool spots they had in this match, there were so many of them that they could have could have ended the match with. And they went for this kind of one. It felt a bit like you can put too much into a match. And that's what this one felt like. I mean, it's still action-packed. It's what you expect from these kind of these. It's pretty similar to what. FTR been doing against people like you know Leon Bucks pretty similar in that style but that was a bit better last year but um, yeah thoroughly enjoyed this match um, definitely the kind of fast pace that you get you know like if you're watching it's like just just got over the opening match and then all of a sudden boom and this match comes along it's mental but um, yeah I mean I don't expect FTR to win we uh, gain the tag titles as Lucha Brothers thinks first proper title defense of the titles so no surprise they didn't win here but. Yeah, I mean, I was, um, I really enjoyed this match. It was really good, but I do think it was a bit, too, a bit, it crammed too much into it, and I feel that if they just toned it down just a little bit, it might have been a more coherent match, like end. But the ending was a bit flat, I thought. But yeah, good stuff. Um, FTR probably going to still be involved in that kind of feud with, probably going to still be involved because obviously they're still kind of hired guns at the moment. Paid off with uh, Aldrade, so it won't be that they'd be involved against Pac, or they'd be like a big, would be a bit like a six-man tag, wouldn't be surprised that's coming up, it might already be coming up, I don't know, but yeah, so awesome match, so first two matches of the card, damn Matt of Breath talking about it already, and I'm only two matches in, well I've got some problems if I'm out of breath already, but yeah, awesome match, yeah, I hope these guys go again, they'd be, I hope so because they really are very good so now we get into a match that in some ways has kind of been put together pretty for circumstances that are out of their control. Obviously, we're talking about the AW World Championship Eliminator Tournament Final. Wow, that was a mouthful. Uh, with Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson. I've still got to get used to that. Facing off against Miro. That I think the way the, the graphic, the, the brackets were put together, we all know it probably was going to be John Moxley. But obviously, as we heard the news I think two weeks ago, with him being going into rehab for his alcoholism, and that's um, hope he gets well soon. Obviously, that sucks. It's it's crap. It's a horrible addiction. Hope he gets well soon. So, um, with obviously casting in the semi-finals, Miro took his place and beat him very comfortably in a very good match. And um, yeah, booked his place. Um, but take away from that, still looking forward to it because obviously Miro has been ever since they finally figured out what his story is where he's basically like God's favourite champion and at the moment I feel like he's because he lost the championship to Sammy Kavara a couple of weeks ago he feels like his God's abandoned him that's um, interesting interesting analogy and um, a lot of stuff was like you know to please her wouldn't surprise you if that's um, Lana or like that's a tease that she's going to come in and kind of make him win again you know but might be the story, but it's not what the story is here, I don't think. So, um, but yeah, the story was um, g- kind of that. And obviously, Brian has been, uh, Brian Danielson has been absolutely killing it. I think he's had like, I mean, that match against Eddie Kingston was outstanding. I mean, I think, I don't, I don't think I've seen him have a bad match yet. He's been, up, ever since he's joined, he's been absolutely amazing. 
used to Danny Bryan that I don't think I've ever seen, really, because I've never watched the old indie stuff, so I don't know. I saw bits of it in WWE, but this is like, the, I, I get why everyone's like, oh my god, Brian Danielson's awesome. It's like, yeah, he is. And this match totally proves his kind of versatility, but obviously, I think he's had better matches. But this is still a very, very, very good match. Uh, so this match was kind of a more of a mural kind of using his power versus kind of Danny, Brian Danielson. Gotta keep remembering it every time. Uh, using his technique and his skill to try and outwit the power of Mill. Uh, but mostly Mill was in control early on this. Um, you know, a lot of stuff there, you know, trying to show his power. Uh, we had um, kind of picked up, was it Danielson went down a suicide dive on the outside. Uh, but Emil hit him with a strike in the head and then hit a belly-to-belly suplex on the floor. Beautiful stuff. It was all Mural. Then we get back into ring and then we've got Brian going for a shotgun missile drop kick off the top rope. But then Mural caught him. But then Brian was managed to counter into a very nicely knee bar submission. Um, I should mention that obviously Mural had um, like a bandage around his leg. Uh, I can't remember left or right, but I put it on my notes here. <laughs> Wrong leg. He should have focused on the leg that was injured, not the one. That, you know the other leg but maybe that was just the plan I don't know it's a little nitpick for myself there uh, then we obviously uh, Mill nearly tapped out from this but Matt Mill managed to get back bit back up and hit a release German suplex I like the kind of pacing of this match purely for the fact that we had a lot of too fast pacing fast paced kind of openers so it's nice to change the pace where it's just a little bit different to maybe calm everyone down a little bit after the first two amazing matches that have um, at the beginning, obviously we had uh, Brian Danielson trying to go for the famous running knee that's won with so many matches, but Mural caught him and hit a beautiful powerball, very nicely countered there. Obviously, um, at this point, Mural was pointing up to his god, kind of firing him up, trying to say, this is what, this is what you want, right? Uh, but near the end, we had of uh, we had um, Brian, uh, what was it? Mural trying to lock in the game over Brian resisting, but eventually he had no choice. But, and obviously we had the game over submission by Mill locked in quite, quite, you know, really wrenching it back. But Brian was able to slowly or manage to crawl to the bottom rope. Obviously, then we had Mill stomping on his back and went for the game again. But uh, Brian was able to counter and get a roll up for a two. Then Brian managed to turn Mill over and apply the label lock um, on his left and right, uh, just locking the label lock. And then, but obviously, Mills had a power out and it was able to punch him in the face. Then, Brian applied a, a, a triangle choke sleeper, uh, followed by some elbows to the head. But Mill was able to use his eye gals to break free. Then, we got Brian with some hard kicks to the body. And then, we got Mayroll with some shots and kicks to Brian's ribs. Well, the funny thing about this bit was basically, it's like Mill was like, yeah, hit me, hit me. Didn't work. But when Mill hit. Danielson, my God, he was on the, he was knocked out. Love that kind of contrast that you know, Mills a stronger, bigger guy than Brian Danielson. There, and then we, then we obviously we uh, Brian and Mills went to the turnbuckle. Uh, we had uh, Brian Danielson managed to hit a avalanche DDT off the top rope, and then Brian Danielson locked in a tight headlock. That Mill really sold. That obviously um, at this point he was knocked out from that DDT from the top. The ref called it, and we got a knockout victory for Brian Danielson and that means he is the new number one contender for whoever is going to be the AEW world, world champion after the main event you know in, I'm going to put this in the title Adam Adam Page but um, yeah good match I mean 20 minute you, I won't say clinic but I did really enjoy it in the sense that 
it was kind of the, the kind of slow pace we needed. And it's what I needed, to be fair, after watching the first two matches. Just like, can I just watch a match where I'm just watching it and just thinking, oh, okay, let's slow down. Instead of just having to pick up... Because when I write notes, it's I try and get every single movement. It's really hard to get constant. This match was like, what the technical side of it. I, I like it in my wrestling. But um, yeah, I mean, I said, Brian has been brilliant. Uh, Miro, again, some people say he could have won. Yeah, but I think they've got a cool story going on with... If he keep he keeps losing, so it's going to be into like someone like his god comes to save him or sends someone to save him. I think it's going to be Lana because I think she's out of a job now. So when she comes in, I think there's going to be he's going to could do a story where when he when she comes, he starts winning again. You know that again. That's what I think they're going to do. So it would be an awesome storyline. But yeah, I mean, but the thing because obviously at the, we've got to talk about it. Adam Page being winning the world title, what kind of makes us think that like. Do want Brian Danishin to be his first opponent, but actually he's the perfect opponent because it's like his first title defense. If he can beat Brian Danielson, it's been such good form since he's come in, it would just legitimize his title reign. So I get it. So, um, but yeah, great. No surprise um, who's going to win here. But um, great stuff. I loved it. I mean, but Brian Danielson, it's been actually killing it on a tear, but I can't wait for that match against Adam Page. It should be good. And the middle store line. I think they've got something cool going on. I think so, anyway. So, uh, but yeah. So, the winner of this year's World Championship Eliminator Tournament is Brian Danielson and the new number one contender for the AW World Championship. So, I can't wait for that match. So, should be good. So, yes, let's get on to the first of, I think, two multi-person matchups that they have on this show. Obviously, we've got the one later on with the Inner Circle against American Top Team and obviously uh was it the 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 men of the year I have to remember them cool song by the way but the first one we're going to talk about is the fours count anywhere we've got christian cage and Jurassic express with jungle boy and luchasaurus going against the super click with adam cole and the young bucks and, and a story that's kind of been built up by the idea that ever since adam cole basically joined the company he's been he talked about jungle boy i think in interviews as well he's been targeting the lucha uh was it Luchasaurus a jungle boy so and as obviously now true in the elite it's kind of what they've been all been targeting obviously um yeah but it's getting cool stuff i've really enjoyed it uh but i think this kind of match up and it's kind of this stuff building up proves that jungle boy is as good as he is and they've really tried to build him up as this next i think mgf brought it up in a poem like the four pillars of uh, AEW. was it mg and he said himself sammy Kavara. Jungle Boy and Darby Allen, and they all came out looking pretty damn great in this pay-per-view. So I can see they're really trying to push that they're the future of the company, because you know that's what you want in wrestling. You want to build homegrown stars, because they are four homegrown stars. If you think about it, they weren't known until AEW made them noticeable. But um, but yeah, this is again when I'm born with this match. Just go into the match in jail. It's like most young buck matches. Is when they go into most matches, it's basically move after move after move. That for us, me as a reviewer, it's really hard to really keep in touch with it. But as you expect for Fool's Count Anywhere match, this had everything. We had used of chairs, we had trash cans, we had tables. I think we had a ladder at some point. It was amazing, basically. Um, but um, yeah, we had all that kind of stuff early on. Um, obviously, we, we got the first bleat, obviously, later on in the match. We had, obviously, Adam Cole was bleeding like a stuff tough stuff pick it was it was nasty to see i think after throwing him into the uh, post i think it was or something like that 
And we had uh, later on in the match, we had obviously um, not one, but two attempts to try and do the concerto on Cole or one of the members. Obviously, um, Christian wanted Jungle Boy to do it on Cole. Uh, but obviously, um, he took way too long because he's the good guy. You know, does he really want to do it? Obviously, got saved. The Bucks saved Cole there. We had a lot. We had one of the probably awesome spots in the match when we had um, two tables that were set up early in the match outside. We had uh, what was it? What was it uh, Jungle Boy hitting a kind of um, a Hamakawana on Cole through the table? Beautiful. That could have gone wrong in so many ways. Then we got Matt Jackson going to the top here, an elbow drop on Luchasaurus on the table on the other side. Nicely pat. My nicely looked. Amazing spots. Means they're out for a bit. So we can pan to what what's Christian been up to? Well, he's up he's he's up in the the rafters, having uh, taken out Nick Jackson, uh, fighting on the upper core area. Uh, we had a bit where obviously uh, Christian uh, was it was it beat up uh, Delacara on Nakazawa a bit. We had a bit, the big spot on this was basically they're all fighting on there, and obviously Christian Cage went up to the top, uh, not right, right to the top of the kind of stand. I, don't know, I can't really describe it like the you know, kind of. Entrance way of that tier, I can't describe it. And a nice little, uh, what was it crossbody on both of them? Uh, all three of them arise. I think it was uh, the other stooge was there as well. But um, but yeah, awesome stuff here. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so we she pants that. Christian's doing some cool stuff there. Then we go back later on where we have Cole went to get like a ba- back into the match, of course. And they go and get a black bag. And what a shocker! More tax. I mean, that's two pay per views in a row when they keep using tax. Finished two pay as well. Might be. But um, yes, this time obviously uh, they put them in, uh, what was it, Jungle Boy's mouth and kind of done that. F- the, the spot they do where they, you know, in the, uh, where Adam Cole has got Jungle Boy in position and you obviously got the young bucks bouncing back and forth. Nice super kick with tacks in their mouth. Must have been horrible. I feel sorry for you, Jungle Boy. <laughs> um, and then we had, uh, uh, but then we obviously had Christian make the save at this point. Then Nick Jackson put the ladder in. Uh, and then, obviously, at this point, we had the really cool ladder match where Luchasaurus basically went nuts. Uh, I think he threw, uh, when he slammed Cole onto the ladder. The horrible spot. Then we had a bit where, what was it? Was it Luchasaurus put Nick Jackson, choke slammed him on the ladder, as well as a really awesome looking moonsault on Matt. Uh, on both of them, on the, I think Adam Cole on the outside. Um, so, but then uh, was broken up by Matt, Matt with a trash can, because you know everyone loves a good trash can. Uh, then we get fighting on the ramp. This pretty much where most of the match ended here. We had Adam Cole hit a power sunrise on Jungle Boy off a thing like the scaffolding. Freaking dangerous, but really awesome. We had that kind of stuff as well. Luke just made the save. We had a bit with uh, was it all three heels delivering super kicks on Luchasaurus. Then we had a tri- and then we had then a triple super kick on Christian Cage. He's out. And then Cole um, we had thumbtacks, knee pads. They're very creative these young bucks. No surprise there. Uh, knee pads and hit a double, uh, triple, BT trigger on Luchasaurus. Makes sense. The only guy that has a mask, so he's protected. Makes total sense uh but then obviously we got uh but there was to just get a pin but jungle boy was there to break up the pin so the match kind of ended with some spectacular stuff yeah jungle boy hit a german suplex on nick uh nick jackson we had christian cage hitting a spear on matt jackson we had luchasaurus give a choke slam on um adam cole onto the stage uh on and then onto uh was it i mean off the stage onto nick cutler and nakazawa 
Uh, we had um, Luchasaurus do a standing shooting stars press off the ramp on all three of the guys at the floor. I mean, <laughs> that guy's crazy. It's just crazy. It's, just, it's an amazing spot. I loved it. Uh, then we obviously after that jungle boy a shot a shot lock on his face like okay that's weird <laughs> um, but then obviously near the end obviously um, I think it was only uh, who was left Matt Jackson was the only one left in the ring I mean on the stage and obviously Christian set up again got two chairs set up the concerto yet again gave jungle boy the chair to do the final blow and he did this time with a nice concerto well concerto on the back of the head of Matt Jackson and jungle boy gets the pin gets the win for his team and Christian Cage and the Jurassic Express are the winners of this match that I put the other side with the super click just because I thought well okay they kind of got his comeuppance that got the revenge last week so didn't he need to win the match but they I think I like that they did lose here because I think it for the longer narrative of the kind of story that you know the elite is basically losing, like they're literally falling apart. They've lost everything now. Lost the match and obviously lost the world title. It's it's setting up something. That I'm really looking forward to seeing where they're gonna go. Something different. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was an action packed as you expect for most young back matches that are involved in. Again, a lot of stuff to cover. I don't think I covered all of it. I probably missed something, but yeah, it's fun. If I usually love these kind of car crash kind of matches where it's just like weapons and you can do all kinds of crazy stuff. That's pretty much young box of now down to a T at this point, so awesome stuff, I like it, so um, yeah, again, that's what, f four or five matches in already, so many matches, <laughs> but yeah, cool stuff, I think they're really pushing Jung Boys, is really legit kind of star, I can't wait to see what they do with him next, I'm liking Chris, I do think Christian's turning on him, to help him start a feud there, because there was some kind of moments where, you know, that kind of stuff. And Luchasaurus is kind of, again, proven in this match. Like, yeah, the guy, he's awesome too. So, um, but it'd be interesting to see what they do on Dynamite this week. So, yeah, awesome match. I think it was really fun. It was the kind of matches you don't expect them too seriously. They they basically killed it. Give them 20 minutes just to go crazy and do some crazy shit. And they did in this match. So, awesome match here. Yeah. I look forward. I just hope um, Jungle Boy did. I, I, I actually would love to see um, another match between Adam Cole and Jungle Boy just because why not? Or Adam Cole versus Christian Cage. That probably already happened. It means I'd have to pay attention. But yeah, awesome stuff here. I look forward to seeing where they go from it. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Great. Four or five matches into the pay-view. Great stuff here. So next match we have is obviously a tag team match with Cody teaming up with Pac in an un unholy alliance. Facing off against Malachi Black and Andrade. I can't pronounce the second bit, so I'm not going to try. <laughs> but obviously in this match, it was kind of set up because obviously Cody's going against Malachi Black. There's a feud and Pac's going against Andrade. So, usual stuff. This is the kind of match that would be on a kind of dynamite kind of match. This doesn't feel like a match that would be a pay-per-view. It's not a pay-per-view because it obviously is, but it just felt like it did need to be on. I don't think it needed to be on this. I think this could have been a cool match to have on maybe like... This week's, you know, um, Dynamite, just because it just would work. But but it's fine. I mean, it was good for what it was. I mean, it was, wasn't, what, 15 minutes? So they gave it a little less time than the other matches. So made sense, obviously. But, yeah. Uh, but, um, but yeah, obviously, we'll talk about the match in general. Uh, first off, we've got to notice that I always laugh that I think we're getting duped here. Is that uh, Cody Rhodes, when he came out, was booed out of the building. Literally, was so many booing. But I honestly think it's uh, they did kind of bring it up in commentary 
what it's like. Could it be because he's gone Hollywood? It's like, well, you know, if the opportunity, trying to defend it. No surprise there. But I think I watched a video online that kind of explained that maybe we're being duped here. I think they want us to hate Cody, so eventually he turns. But is it pure coincidence that he keeps coming out in Homelander from The Boys on Amazon Prime? Definitely check that show out. It's very good. But, um, but yeah, it's like he thinks he's a hero of his own story. So maybe it's a situation where he's kind of that's going to... And he's trying to like... He likes the fans. He likes the, you know, people loving him. But when they turn on him, he loses it. He loses it. Like season two definitely brings up like even like I think there's one point when they all turn on him. He kind of spoilers for season two by the way. Where he basically uses his rave was X his red uh, what's it I don't know, vision was it beam vision. Let's go for that. God, I forgot I've watched the show. I'm terrible. You know, used it to wipe out the entire you know the kind of crowd. Uh, but obviously that was in a dream. But it's like he's cracking. So maybe that's the story to go and hear with Cody, where we all turn on him and eventually he loses it. And he goes crazy and turns heel. A proper on the nose turn heel. That if this is the way again, AW, yes, all I'm saying. I think they're playing us a little bit with this Cody game booed. It's not WE kind of booing. I truly believe this is they want us to boo him. But he but they want Cody to break because of it, I think. I might be wrong, or maybe it's just legit, just like, yeah, if Cody were fed up here, but I think they're smarter than that, I think, AEW, I think, oh, Mr. WWE, what's wrong with me? Anyway, but yes, obviously, um, we had that beginning of it, um, because of this, we also had a lot of back and forth, quick tags from Pac and Cody, kind of like to show that, you know, like, they want to one-up each other, so you don't trust each other too much, uh, we did have a lot of stuff when Pac came in, cheered, when Cody tagged in, everyone booed, so I do like... Uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, we got uh, we got some stuff uh, with Cody battling Andrade on the apron, and then uh, was it Joss or the, the the guy with Andrade grabs Cody's boot, uh, so Andrade can punch him onto off the apron again. It's what happens when you got guys on the outside? They're gonna get he gets his comeuppance later in the match, though. Uh, then we got obviously Cody. Uh, was we had later on Cody was sent into the ropes and he was out to hit a suicide dive on. Um, was it Joss? Joss? Like, and it was really cool. Then Cody hit a power slam on Andrade. Uh, obviously, we had this bit where, obviously, again, as I said, Pac cheered when he was tagged in. Uh, and then uh, was tagged in, obviously, and Malachi Black was the legal man when, obviously, when hitting when he was hitting a running elbow. Uh, we got Cody Cutter, really cool move um, by um, Cody. Uh, but then, obviously, Pac got tagged in again. A lot of bit back and forth tagging in this match. Uh, but then obviously, well, just when Cody came in, we got a nice, uh, was it, black mass to Cody. He's out for most of the match. As we were saying, Josh, Josh, I think it's like uh, the uh, the stooge on the on the outside uh, got his comeuppance with I Anderson punched him in the face. Um, I wouldn't say a gun, uh, a loaded gun motion. Uh, probably not a good thing to go against Arn because you know that thing he said a couple of weeks ago. So he's up in the ramp, so they're out of the match. Uh, then we get obviously the heels are in control at this point, but. Um, but they're starting to have problems as well. We got um, this kind of proves that both sides are like not really clicking as much as um, we would like. Uh, obviously, after that, we got some really cool like Adriani trying to figure for a leg lock, but Cody was out of fight out of it and kind of reverse it to his own. Then obviously, Pat again tagged himself in uh, to hit a black uh, black owl kind of 450 splash from the top, but just got a two, just got a near two. 
um, with Andrade. Obviously, at this point, we're near the end of the match now. Obviously, Black was a legal man. Uh, we got, was it Pack? Was it, you got Pack sent him out on the outside, but Pack went here, a twisted dive over the top. So, but Pack kind of pulled Cody in the way, so we've done it on Cody. I like that. I like the, like, using that kind of miscommunication that might be teased that they might turn on each other. Wasn't to be, of course. Um, and then Pack kind of, uh, was it by accident? Obviously, been in, uh, just a, uh, Malachi Black, got used to that as well. Booted Cody into the crowd, and he was out for most of the match. So, the final two in the wing was Andrade and Pack were legal men. Obviously, then the end of the match we had was it Pack hit a poison runner on Andrade. And then Pack went to the top, hit another black, uh, black arrow splash for 50 from the top rope, gets the win, one, two, three. So Pack, I think, I think that's two wins now. He gets over Andrade, so we're gonna have. I don't know if this is gonna be a rubber match soon, so that'd be fun. But um, yeah, I think it was a fun match, a good match. But I feel like the story was lacking a little bit. I think, I think it's a match that didn't have to be on the card really. That I still think it's great. Oh, so good but like four hour show you can kind of see what matches they could have trimmed because um three out four four hour shows as much as how good wrestling you can't watch four hours i i struggle to watch most like couple of hours of wrestling it's 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 cool but you can only watch so much of it you can't watch it all the time so four hours i mean good god it's a lot of wrestling but yeah this could have been trimmed but again for the, as a match yourself cool we had some um i still think the cody things were all being worked here they want us to boo him not a thing that would be would be manipulated into booing him, that kind of stuff. So, be good stuff. Obviously, after the match, we had obviously uh, Cash, Cash Wilder and Tony Blanchard came out to attack Pack and Cody because obviously they've obviously they they all just basically heels beat the crap out of the, the faces that won. They get their heat back a little bit, and then that's the end of the they, they skipped it very quickly. But um, yeah, I, it was fun to watch. It was fine, but I just don't think it does it needed to be on the show. So. But I'm intrigued to see. I hope this Cody thing is true. What I'm thinking of what they're going to do. Pack probably going to go up against Andrade. Or maybe against Malachi Black. That again would be a cool match to watch. But we just have to wait and see basically. But um, but yeah. So good match. Did it deserve to be, I don't think it needed to be on the show. But that's just a personal opinion. Anyway. But let's go dive straight back into talking about AEW Full Gear 2021. Um, as we said before the break, uh, we're obviously going to talk about the AW Women's World Championship match with the Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, going against, I think, the number one ranked woman on the, the roster, entire Conte. Um, yeah, I think it was one, it's one of these shoes that, again, it's, I don't know, I think uh, was it Ty Conte hit there, pushed really well, really nicely, I have to admit. Um, the way they pushed her in that uh, was it promo package was very good. She's very the Buddha Rappers is a very lethal competitor, and kind of Britt Baker's going. It's kind of the underdog because I think um, Ty Conte has been on a good run as of late. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it, this match was kind of more catered towards the more like another threat to her title. We've got to take this seriously, all that kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, I mean, again, the women's division is a strange one as well because it's at the moment it's still. I get people be like, well, they should have had a big star by now. And I get that. I get that. But I think the first real star they've actually built after this is Britt Baker. So they've, they've got to try and build everybody else up. Ty Conte has, has got momentum that I think they could... She did look great in this match, by the way. So it's like, if anyone's going to make her look great, it's the champ. Because Britt Baker is the best wrestler they've got up there. Maybe Thunder Rosa. That, so I wanted them to go against each other. Probably the best feud they've had in their division so far. As a company, I would 
I don't think that's a controversial mm-hmm. statement. But um, but yeah, it's like um, I think whoever's taken it off is probably gonna be Thunder Rosa. So at the moment, it's like you don't see Britt Baker losing the title. But just because you had that kind of feeling going in doesn't mean that this match wasn't like it's gonna be a spectacularly good match. Because I think it was. It was good. In that sense, it was a very, very good match in the sense that had had all the spots you expect. I do think the crowd was a bit down for it. I don't think it's because of the match in general. I just think they're kind of worn out by watching so much wrestling that's been high paced, you know, boom, boom, boom. That like when they got when he got to this match, it's like, you know, I need to relax and I don't want to use toilet break match because that's really disrespectful. I just think they're all knackered by this point. This point with long shows, it happens. But um, but yeah, again, this match still had some cool moments in it. I mean, we also at the beginning, we had, uh, I think, just because the, the other Fozzie guitarist, I don't know his name, told my head, uh, was it playing Britt Baker's kind of theme on the way down, was pretty awesome. Obviously, Ty Conti had the whole Brazilian kind of America kind of flag with the with a face paint that really cool stuff there. Um, again, a really heated exchange at the start of the match. We had, obviously, but Britt Baker was kind of in control early, but obviously Tyron Conti got back into it. We got a nice bit where, was it, Britt Baker tried to hit a twisted, uh, hit a twisted suplex into a net breaker for two. Then we had Ty Conte hit a right hand on Britt Baker's nose. Obviously, she broke earlier in the year. Uh, and then she hit a very nicely, was it, running knee uh, on, and she was in control at this point. But then the end, kind of, in the match, obviously, Britt Baker got back in control. Was he Rebel giving her that glove to try and she puts on her right hand, trying to lock in that to use this to extend on the lock jaw. Uh, but then Conti came back with a cutter for two, really awesome stuff there. Then we went on the apron, and a very nasty spot where obviously back and forth, and Britt Baker was able to hit a air raid crash slam on the apron. Horrible, horrible. Must have hurt, but yeah, awesome. But awesome stuff there. Then obviously uh, Ty Conte came back into it and hit a Ty KO. Uh, was it basically a really awesome knee lift um, kind of uh, move? One of the finishes, really awesome uh, for a, night, a quick two count. Then we got Britt Baker came back with a super kick, and then Conte um, Ty Conte hit a pump kick, and then we got uh, Ty Conte also hit a gory style pile driver. That again, I always hate pile drivers because they always can go wrong in so many ways. But um, obviously, just for the two, then we got Jamie Hader came in, kind of uh, pushing Conte, uh, Ty Conte out of the ring, while Weber distracts the ref, Bobias distracts the ref, and ha- and Hader throws Ty Conte into the steel steps. Referees are easy to distract, apparently. Uh, then we obviously got Bit Baker hit a curve stomp on the back of uh, Ty Conte's head onto the steel steps. <sighs> nasty, nasty one. Brought back into wing, hit another curve stomp. For a two count. Then near the end of the match. We just got Britt Baker looking at trying, uh, was it applying the locked jaw submission. But Ty Conte was able to get to the ropes. And then we got Baker. Went to hit for another stomp on the apron. Uh, was it went for another stomp on the apron. But Conte avoided it. And was able to kick. Uh, Conte was a kick. Uh, then was able to kick her outside the ring. And then Conte went up to the top. And hit uh, Hader and Rebel. To get them out of the match with a moonsault. That. Didn't look as great as it could have been. Um, but then, obviously, we got Conte came in, hit a spinning slam on Britt Baker onto the floor. Then back in the ring, she hit a DD, a DD tie for the two. Uh, then we got, obviously, uh, Ty Conte hits a, uh, was it a hard kick to the, f- to the to the chest of Britt Baker. Baker was out of counter. Uh, but then she locked in the locked jaw. But there was a, Ty Conte was able to um, fight out of it. 
Uh, but Baker's had a counter as well. And obviously do a cradle pin for the win. And is still your AW World Women's Champion. Um, again, I probably really messed it up in some ways with describing it. But it was good. It, it was a good competitive match. But I just don't think it was amazing. Uh, I still think, I think that if it's one thing it did do well. It did make Ty Conte look like legit badass and a really awesome person. Um, as an in-ring competitor, that I think in a match like this, it done its job, when you think about it. It made Tara Conte like, yeah, she's damn, she's good. Uh, but you expect nothing less for I think they said Britt Baker's the best wrestler in that company, women's wrestler in that company. So she's really making everyone look good. I don't think I've seen a bad match with Britt Baker yet. So good stuff here. But I just, again, could it have been on the card? Well, Tara's got to be on the card, of course. But I think they could have chose somebody else. But again, it's still a solid to good, decent match. So yeah, good stuff here. Get 15 minutes, let them go for it. I just think the timing of where it was placed didn't help with the crowd, that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, I think it was a good match. I, I think Britt Baker, I think the only person that's taking that title off her is Thunder Rosa. But then Thunder Rosa might win the uh, TBS kind of championship. I don't think she needs to. I think Thunder Rosa's the next shout to winning that title, winning that title off her. Probably, I don't know, probably going to have it for a couple more months. Probably at Revolution, she might win it. Or maybe at, again, uh, Double or Nothing. I don't know. But it's going to be sometime next year she's using that title. It's going to have a long reign. Like, that's what they normally do. So, But good stuff here. I think it's awesome. You know, it was fine. And, um, yeah, I look forward to, hopefully, I look forward to uh, more women's matches during uh, the TBS kind of championship tournament. I haven't watched. I should watch more. But I think it's because I watched Dynamite and they put a lot of them on Rampage. So... But obviously, when we get to the final, it should be a really awesome affair. Because last time they did, it was a really good match. So, I look forward to to see what they do. But yeah, Britt Baker still your AW World Women's Champion. So yes, next we go into a match that was kind of set up basically by one one interruption for a promo on the backstage and a really intense promo two weeks later. Um, obviously, we're talking about CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. You could sit there and say this is CM Punk's first big feud. He's had a lot of like mini feuds. Maybe Darby Allen was a bit of a, you know, get him started feud. But you know, he didn't have this. Is, could be his big. We've been cramming for like a big meaty feud for CM Punk to get into. But um, but yeah, this all kind of started out with uh, was it CM Punk uh, being interrupted by Eddie, uh, Eddie Kingston after his, I think he's lost to uh, Brian Danielson. Uh, Punk didn't like that. Obviously, he brought it up on uh, what was it on the Dynamite the week later. But then also we had the thing with obviously that amazing promo back and forth. The intensity of it on that rampage was unbelievably good, and I would definitely suggest checking out the promo. It's a perfect. This feud is a perfect example of how a feud could be some become so cool just by one promo. Just one promo. All it took was CM Punk calling, calling, uh, calling out Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston reacting to it, and then calling him a bum and a guy that's not lived up to his potential. To start a feud that just got really intense, and my god, this and the f match was basically that. By the way, you knew it was serious when when CM Punk came out. When CM Punk didn't march down, didn't do all these uh, signature kind of it's clobbering time type stuff. It was just like came down. He was he meant business, uh, but but without CM Punk even knowing, so did Eddie Kingston because they were both facing off even before the bell rang. And Eddie Kingston, without warning, done a spinning back fist to the back of the neck 
of CM Punk. And he was selling it. He was out. Out for the count before the match even started. Eddie Kingston is pissed. He's here to hurt CM Punk. Uh, so the but the bell rang after this point. Obviously, CM Punk was able to get back up. Most of the match was a brawl between these two. He had a bit when they were on the apron. And obviously, Punk kicked uh, Kingston and then done a running kick. Um, a lot of the crowd were kind of mixed between this. Very mixed, you know. Like, they like they actually were booing CM Punk at some point. Because I think they really liked, understood where the Kingston came from. Very heal is kind of what CM Punk was saying. Uh, but then we obviously had the Punk slam. Was it Kingston's head? Was it hand into the steel steps? Then, obviously, when we got back, we went into... Uh, then we got, was it Punk went after uh, Eddie Kingston on the floor and then Eddie shoved uh, Punk into the ring post. And um, the first time in a very long time that CM Punk was busted up. So, and it's um, this kind of fueled CM Punk at this point. It's, I think it's been a long time since, yeah, since he's kind of done a blade job. So, maybe that's like, this is another thing to tick off the li- list to do again. Uh, we did have a cool thing where, I don't know if it was a homage to CM, uh, was it John Cena? Doing, doing a five-knuckle shuffle, you know, the, the the shoulder tackle. They put his hands up in the air. But instead of doing the, uh, the, the the last move, he put the middle finger up to Eddie Kingston. And they both, um, nice exchanges back and forth between those two. Obviously, we got another Eddie, Eddie Guerrero tribute with, uh, what was it? CM Punk doing a free, the Free Amigo suplexes on Kingston. Even got a nice little Eddie shake as well. A lot of homages to him. Like I'm saying it again. God, we miss you, Eddie. God, what would wrestling be like if you were still around? My God, probably a lot, lot better. But then we obviously had a bit. Uh, was it Eddie Kingston? Obviously tried to go for, went for the go to sleep taunt to try and really mess a hand gesture, trying to mess with CM Punk. But this didn't go well because CM Punk was able to lift Eddie Kingston, hit a go to sleep. But because of how tired they both were, because of how intense the match was started. Uh, he was uh, he sent outside, went outside the ring through the ropes. Uh, then we obviously got near the end. We got Eddie Eddie goes for a back fist, but both but then both men hit each other and they both go down. Uh, then CM Punk gets back into it, hits some MA strikes with knees in the midsection, that stuff. Picks up Eddie Kingston, hits another go to sleep on Eddie Kingston, gets the win in a very short only ten minutes. But what an intense ten minutes it was. Oh, so good here. I think I think it's like they've just CM Punk's always had a strange start. Like he's had different types of matches since he's come back. A lot of people being on like has he been dis- overwhelming so far? It's like if you if you're expecting to go right out the gate, he's not that Brian Danielson. It's like he's been wrestling continuously for like these couple of years. CM Punk, I think I like the story of like he's building himself up again. He's been out for seven years. He's an old guy. He needs to keep going. So, um, but yeah, I think I think this feud is not over. Obviously, forget about the end of the match. CM Punk will put his hand out to shake because uh, Eddie Kingston kind of shows suspect for Eddie Kingston, but he didn't even dare look at it and jump that went outside the ring. I think this feud is not over. I think it's got more mile legs to it. I hope so. But it shows that CM Punk maybe it's a good Bridger feud to really get back into the kind of meat of what we kind of were expecting from CM Punk is. The big kind of big feuds, you know, like the MGFs, the Adam Coles or the Kenny Omegas, you know, them kind of feuds. They were like, yeah, we want to see those matches. And I can't wait for that. But I think what I like about it, just give it 10 minutes. Didn't go, oh, it states welcome. We feel okay, it's going to be tense. Just go for it. Give them 10 minutes. Just go for it. And it was great. The crowd were totally up for this, this one. I mean, again, they were mixed as well, as I said. Like, 
they sometimes they booed CM Punk because they're like they really like Eddie Kingston. Really like shows we can all relate to Eddie Kingston as a character, a guy that's always um trying trying his best to get but always being put down because of who he is and that like a lot of people can respect to that. I think that's the story anyway. But yeah, good stuff here. I don't think this feud is over. It wouldn't surprise me if there's gonna be like a, a like intense kind of rematch probably by the end of the year. I don't know where it'd be. I mean, you could say street fight, a cage match, a what think of anything. There's probably gonna be a street fight at some point. You know, maybe you can maybe the feud will go by the basic of CM Punk wrestling, that's my world. Maybe and then was it Eddie King say, Oh, you you think you come from tough streets? What about we fight in my world, street fight? Maybe. But I think this is the first big feud for CM Punk. And I look forward to seeing where it goes. But yeah, for a feud that was only set up by one one intense promo. Very good. Very good. So wonder what they could do if they got a bit more time. It's very exciting, so I can't wait. So um, awesome stuff here. Uh, if you've got 10 minutes of your time, definitely check this match out. Definitely up there with one of the matches of the night. It'll be interesting to see what... It might it might shift through the entire night. Uh, reviewing this, I mean. What my match of night is so far. But I won't go into that too. My final thoughts. But um, yeah, great match here. Good stuff. Check it out. And um, yeah, CM Punk is still undefeated in AEW. So interesting to see if that record finally comes to an end sooner rather than later. Maybe Eddie Kingston's the one that's going to do it. We hope so. Because that'd be a huge win for him. So yeah, we're almost there. Two more matches to talk about. First, we've got to talk about the street fight match between the Inner Circle and the Men of the Year and American Top Team. Just to point out, I can't pronounce the first name or the state. I apologise. Before recording this, I really tried my best, but I really can't get it to sound without me sounding like an idiot. So I apologise for the state I can't pronounce. I apologise. I just have to put it out there. Dyslexia gets in the way sometimes. Sometimes I can sort it out. Sometimes I can't. But it's cool. But I was going to call it a street fight. So that's basically what it was. Um, but yes, yeah, so obviously a match that's kind of been set up basically because Dan Lambert's been talking the cliche crap about how this kind of wrestling is not wrestling. His kind of wrestling is wrestling. Old school wrestling. Basically, he's the Jim Cornette of this feud. Because Jim, it's what Jim Cornette talks about all the time. This is not wrestling. My wrestling's the best wrestling. This is rubbish wrestling. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a flawed argument, personally, because wrestling can be all kinds of things. But that's what Dan Lambert's role has been played. So he's been coming out and obviously teamed up with the men of the year that I think didn't need it, but at least to get in a prominent position, I guess. Maybe. But, um, yeah, and obviously they, uh, you've got, obviously, the American top team that apparently, from what they've been saying, is produced some of the, the most world champions in MMA or UFC that ever been around that's... Uh, would love, I I guess so, I don't know, might be a thing, I don't watch MMA, I probably should, but I don't, so, uh, but yeah, this match was kind of not like a look forward to match, you just, but with the street fight element in it, you kind of um, knew it was going to be kind of fun, because, you know, it's a street fight, there was, unless it's like really bad, there's a good chance, there's always going to be some cool spots in it, um, but basically the whole feud was, into the match anyway, it's more like, it's Dan Lambert, now he's in the match, is he going to finally get his comeuppance? For all the bad stuff he said about wrestling, about the inner circle. Uh, is Chris Jericho going to powerbomb him through a table? Is he going to get him, make him tap? And with the American top team and men of the year, the opposite. They're going to make Chris Jericho. It's going to be pinned by Dan Lambert. So it had that in it, but it wasn't exactly that top of the card. Like, oh my God, I really want to watch this. But well, inner circle stuff, they're pretty over at the moment. So straight fight. It'll be interesting to see with Santos and... Um, 
uh, can't remember the other name again. Apologise for butchering names here. This is why I need Josh. He's my backup. Without him, I can't pronounce things. This is why it works so well. Our dynamic. But anyway, but um, yeah, it was kind of the thing going in to it, really. But um, but yeah, start of the match, it was kind of like a standard tag team match. So it was like, okay, it's a street fight. There's no real rules other than the pinfall. Submission. Why are we doing this? But that's fine. Uh, we got with Julius Santos, uh, did like a vertical suplex and a standing moonsault. That's like, this guy, that's like, what? <laughs> You're all shocked at this point. It's always cool when wrestlers, people that aren't wrestlers do stuff like that. Uh, we got, obviously, after this, obviously, Jericho was in the, at some point. Dan Lambert came away being cocky in his blue jumpsuit. looked ridiculous. Even slapping Jericho in the face. We all know it's not a good idea. And then, obviously, uh, Jericho got back into it, slapped, shoved Lambert into the ropes. And that led to the whole team, just the whole match just breaking down. And then all ten men were just fighting, fighting, fighting. And then we just have a ball outside the ring. All kinds of weapons. You had all kinds of the famous state that I can't pronounce. Um, all the stuff that they invented. You had a hockey stick. You had a toaster. You had a wok or some sort of baking dish. They knew way more about it than I did. Uh, that kind of stuff. We had a, even a Prince sign. I guess in um, I think that's a Prince. I don't know much about Prince. I know who he is and that, but terrible musical guy. Don't know much. What can I say? I'm a terrible human being. You know, a sign, uh, a sign that can, you know, that uses the weapon, that kind of stuff. We had Jake Hager have, like, a hit someone with a toaster. Of all the things, a freaking toaster. It's freaking hilarious. We had uh, it was a hockey stick by Ethan Page, all that kind of stuff. Um, then, obviously, later on in the match, we had, obviously, um, Santana Ortiz and Sky and Ethan Page fighting in the ring. Uh, we got a cool little segment, a bit where was it the trash cameras over Ethan Page, I think, and basically, uh, they basically kicked the crap out of that st- that trash can. That and obviously got hockey stick at one point, slammed it uh, onto uh, through the um, trash can. Love that stuff. It's always funny. Uh, then we got another one, another one of these weird sub double triple submission moves. Uh, we have Santana Ortiz applying a sub two submission moves on Sky and Pays again. Can't really describe it very well, but it's like. It looks strange. Then obviously Sam Sammy Caval came in with American football, and with Sky that was on top of this kind of trifecta of submissionness, if that's the word. Then obviously fold the ball straight at the the uh, the ribs of Scorpio Sky. That would have hurt. <laughs> that sucks. Um, yeah, and then we are uh, there. Yeah, it's basically a crazy street fight at this point. It's just crazy. Then you've got Santana went up top and with Ortiz. And we got a nice little suit, double suplex on uh, Santos from the top. That was really cool. We got Sammy Kavara kind of embracing his inner Jeff Hardy by getting a 15-foot-high ladder, putting, putting I think, Ethan Page, or Sky, I mean, onto the table. Below. Another table, not a table match, bumps here. Goes to the top and just done a, you know... Jeff Hardy kind of his effortless swanton bomb off the senton bomb or whatever off the top. Very good. Flawless. Awesome stuff. Sammy Kavar was just amazing. We got a bit later on where we got Ethan Page done at Eagle's Edge on Ortiz on the floor. Awesome. Then obviously, I don't know why people think this is a good idea. Heels, you just don't know. Just don't antagonate somebody else's wife that's on the side of, on you know, in the crowd. Obviously, uh, we've got Ethan Page tried that uh, with uh, Jake Hager's uh, wife. Did not enjoy that. And obviously, we had um, 
we have I cannot pronounce his name. The guy with Baron, the Baron, that's it. Can't pronounce last name, but Baron, the famous five, the Iron Claw, and gotta love it. They brought it up before the match, but Ethan kept you know Ethan Page gets in the claw and he sold it like a champ. You love stuff like that, little things like that, getting them involved. And then obviously we had a situation after that. And then we got Santana sent Ethan Page over the barricade. And then Santana jumped, jumped off a, secu uh, a security guy and flipped onto the crowd. Uh, you know, he asked the security guy, can you just, you know, stand there? Gotta love how nice the security guards are in AW. Willing to help out in any way, other than actually stop someone from getting in the ring. The actual job. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Anyway, after this, but then we get to the end of the match, where basically it was a quick chaos, everyone's shoot, everyone's pretty much done at this point. And then we've got Dan Lambert back in the ring, celebrating, and then you can see in the corner of the camera, Jericho's there, and you're like, oh, I see. And then all of a sudden, he hits him with some chops, and then, but when we had like Jericho trying to go for a line salt, but it was caught out by Santos. It was a bit slow, but then, but then obviously Jericho was able to get back, punch him, knock him out, uh, but obviously that distraction get Lambert trying to get cover for two. Lambert trying to get uh, trying to hit the walls. Jericho he did last week. Uh, the, the ultimate hum humiliation. But Jericho was able to get a kendo stick, smack him straight in the face. The Santos tried to get him, try to get back in, hit him with the kendo stick. Then Jericho had a stapler because you know why not? But let's be honest, he stapled it in the worst place ever. Stapled Dan Lambert's balls. Poor guy. I know he's a dick, but no one should ever be stapled in the balls. It's just not cool, man. Just not cool. So, yeah, so he's in pain. Jericho clotheslines him. Another tribute to Eddie. Doing a lot of the Eddie shake done um, for Eddie Guerrero. Then he went. Uh, makes sense because obviously they really were tight. If you watch the documentaries, they really were tight, tight. Uh, but Jericho goes to the top, hits a very good frog splash, and gets to win that way. And yes, no surprise to anyone. Lambert gets his comeuppance and Chris Jericho and the Inner Circle win this match. And um, yeah, I think it was. F I don't know, it's just, I didn't have an investment as much, but it was fun as enough. I think the Young Bucks match was way better, but that's because Young Bucks, yeah. But I, I think for what it was, basically the story was that Lambert gets his comeuppance. It done its job. I think it was, what, a, fifth, a bit longer, 19 minutes? They could have put that down and put it on other matches maybe but uh, yeah it's fun I think a nice little crazy gets all pumped before we get to the main event that let's be honest I was kind of waiting for but um, but yeah good stuff Jericho I don't know what you do next I, I think this feud is over I don't know where he's going to go but Jericho seems to be doing some cool stuff recently so be interested to see what he does next and I hope the American top team is no more because it's fun but Dan Lambert is like it's good for one feud, but let's hope he doesn't come back anytime soon. <laughs> no offense to the guy, but it can only take so much for that guy. But he done what he's told to do. He got everyone pissed off enough that he wants someone to beat the crap out of him. Jericho was kind to oblige. And um, yeah, so the inner circle with a victory that's pretty awesome. And it's going to be awesome to see what um, happens next. But before we get to the main event, of course, um, one member of the inner circle. Um, uh, the only one that has championship. Sam McRite looks like he has an opponent opponent for this week on Dynamite. With a person that did, to a lot of people, come out of nowhere. Obviously, I'm talking about the special announcement by Tony Schiavone of the Jay Lethal is all elite. Came out of complete nowhere. 
we kind of knew at this point because obviously we the story that came out a couple of weeks ago that Ring of Honor after their like next pay per view, I think next next month, Dishonor. No, that's the thing I do with make Kyle. Their let next pay per view that means that a that we're going uh, Ring of Honor going to go on a, a um, hiatus and come back around about late 2022. Figure out what they're going to do next. It's a sad case because we all like Ring of Honor. So that, but they've released all their people from their contracts. So that means anyone on the roster can go anywhere. So it seems like the Forbidden Door has finally been opened, as you said. And Jay Lethal is all elite that I've wanted for a long time. We all know if Jay Lethal didn't was wasn't loyal to Ring of Honor, he would have definitely been early in AW right from the get go. This guy's amazing. He's underrated. People do not cannot wait. Cannot wait Jay Lee full enough. So good. I can't wait to see him go and get Sammy Kavara this week. My God, it's going to be so good. I mean, two basically similar style wrestlers going up against each other. I hope they give him a good enough time as well. But um, but yeah, as you say, he walked out. He said he's going to walk through the Forbidden Door. And, you know, he's now elite. He's now wants to challenge Sammy Kavara for the TNT Championship. Um, you got Sammy Kavara came out and basically said, you're on. He's... I think he's kind of pissed and shocked, like, what are you doing, man? How dare you? After I just had a match. And, um, yeah, I, I look forward to the match. It's going to, I would not surprise you, that's the match of the week. Um, I would not surprise me. But, yeah, it was a shock. I, I mean, I'm not checking rumours, but it was a big shock to me. So, I look forward to that match on this week's Dynamite. So, we're here. We're finally, finally here. We're here to the main event of the evening. Of course, I'm talking about the AEW World Championship match with the reigning champion, Kenny, my god, Omega, going against Hangman Adam Page in a match that 12 months ago was opened the show and now it closes it. In a feud that has been set up for nearly two years with the struggles of Hangman Adam Page being very relevant and a person that it's a story that proves that people can relate to struggling self-confidence I can totally relate to that I mean as a person but this is a feud that we've been waiting for so long to happen and we finally we almost got it there was like talk before the match of like what's well, Kenny Mega wins but like he doesn't need to keep the title any longer and that ever since they put the hangman tails on AW's website you knew who was going to win this but great story I we're all waiting for it and it was just it was just a. I can't really describe it. It's just. It's. We've been waiting so long for this long to perfect example. Long term story beats that. That sometimes you just got to pull the trigger, and when you do, it's. This was the right time, and this definitely was the right time. But um, before we get on to talk about obviously the victor, let's go and dig in, dive into the match a little bit. Um, no surprise, obviously, with the intensity of the match, of the kind of feud, very tense opening with a lot of chops. Onto the chest, we had obviously Don Callis got involved early with a lot of uh, when the ref isn't looking, a lot of forearms to um, hang around on the page when he's on the ropes, and obviously a lot of choking as well. Don Callis, he's very good at being a guy you just want something to beat the crap out of. It's technically his job. Omega at this point was in control early. We did have a nice little tease with kind of Omega trying to do like a springboard or like maybe his own buckshot like it, but typical heel, he changed his mind, cut back in the room, just went for some punches. Hangman and Page did get back into the match with a nice little suicide dive, sent Kenny into the barricade and went to the top and hit probably the best moonsault of the night. Um, very clean, he does him so good. I mean, a lot of people, I one thing I've heard like, I think oh, Hangman and Page is overrated. Like, no, he's not. He's really good in the ring. They've really built him up as this credible star, and I do rate him. 
Um, yes, after this, we had a good back and forth between these two. Then we had a nice little fight on the apron with uh, Kenny Omega hitting a Snapdragon suplex on the apron. Ouch, that's got to hurt. We got some V triggers um, by um, Kenny Omega, but Paige was able to avoid them. Um, and it tried to, but then, uh, and it was able to avoid the one, one minute, one winged angel, but, and then Paige was able to hit a nice German suplex. Omega hit a very, again, another power driver, a lot of them, a Tiger Driver 98, but Hangman and Paige was able to get out just for two. Uh, we got a nice little uh, avalanche blockbuster from the top by Alan Page on Kenny Omega for also a near fall too. Uh, then we had a nice thing where they had the nice little cameras in the in the corner of the ring. He took them off. He was able to stage and he did a nice little jumping off the top rope clothesline and was able to go f go through the table or the announcers table or wherever the announcers stand that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, it was a good little segment there. It's really good there. Uh, but then obviously after they all got back into the ring. Um, Hangman and Page just about to set up to hit the buckshot lariat, but Kenny Omega collapsed and obviously was um, too far away. Then obviously Page tries to go for a knee, uh, and then obviously Kenny Omega with a suplex attempt, uh, Adam with some forearms and a pop up power bomb, and then Page went for the buckshot lariat, but sneaky heel that he is, brought Paul Turner into in the way. And he got the brunt of that Bruxelles Lariat. So the referee's out. So guess what's going to happen? Don Callis brings the AW World title into the ring. Tries to hit him from behind. But Hangman Adam Page is wise to that. And he was able to turn around and be, give a nice little punch to the face of Don Callis. Always nice to see. Then we get, obviously, Page comes back in. And we get a dead eye um, um, on Kenny Omega for the end. Uh, was it? Audrey Edwards, Edwards, um, well she, she runs to the ring, huge pop from the crowd, gets a one, two, no, just kicks out Kenny Omega. And then we get we get some V triggers um, and kicks by Kenny Omega, gets back into the ring. Uh, and then we get like a hangman and page kind of saying, is this all you've got? Kind of showing that, yeah, that's nothing. Then we get some, then, uh, then Page hits a huge clothesline. The one with Kenny doing a nice flip to make it look how intense it is. Awesome stuff there. Then we get to the kind of then we enter the prompts at the end of the match. Young Bucks come out very slowly to the ring. Um, we're expecting obviously to get involved, but obviously they're probably knack completely destroyed after their match they had earlier in the night. They come down to the ring slowly. And then obviously Page goes went for the buckshot lariat. Kenny Omega avoids it. Kenny went for the one winged angel, but Page got out of it and hit his own one winged angel. That was shocking because we were expecting an, a kick out from one winged angel. But it wasn't Kenny Omega's one winged angel. So I like that. It's too technically protected. So he's on one, two, no. Just kicks out of his own move. We get a nice near fall. Then obviously after this, we get the end. Page hits a buckshot buck lariat uh, to the back of the head of Kenny Omega. Then we're going to go to the, page, uh, the open again. Matt looks at him. Matt kind of nods at him. Uh, we should point out in the first one, Nick Jackson was kind of... Didn't, they, they didn't get involved. They were just there. They didn't. They just looked. The Matt Jackson one had a nice... I like... That kind of nod might be like they appreciate, they respect him now. Um, so there might be maybe a story there, what's going to happen afterwards. That Again, it's like AW, there's like little nitpicks that we can notice. Uh, so we hit another one, so we hit one in the back, one in the one buckshot area. To the front of Kenny Omega. Gets the pin. One, two, three. He's finally did it. He's finally done it. We have a new AEW World Champion in Hangman Adam Page. What a moment it was. It was so emotional. So good. 
so happy for him. <laughs> so good. And then obviously we're sitting there, the crowd loved it. And obviously we had top of the ramp. We had Dark Order coming out celebrating. Paige telling him to come to the ring. And then um, I think it was, uh, we gave him a beer. And he's like, nope. And then we get a big hug at the end. And then, as you always expect, lifting him up. Celebration. And that's how the show ended. With Hagman and Paige, your new world champion. And it feels so earned. And I freaking love it. So good. It's so, so good. And his next opponent is probably Brian Danison. At it wouldn't surprise me if they try and do what they did last year and try and do one big show before they go off for Christmas. And that's the one we're going to end this year off. I can't wait to watch that match either, but it's just a good moment. It's a perfect example of long-term story time, storytelling. And just give us what the fans want. We knew this was going to happen, but just give them what they want. Build up sign can then pull the trigger at the right time. Will make people happy. Apparently, this is really hard concept for WWE to understand. This is why AEW, I think, feeling wise, why I enjoy it more at the moment. They've just, they've, they've, I think they're killing it at the moment. Absolutely loving this stuff at the moment. Not saying they're perfect, but I always feel that their stuff is must see. I think WWE is must miss at times. Feels like I can skip it and not. But again, I don't want to sound like an AEW fanboy, but at the moment I'm just enjoying their stuff a little bit more. And stories like this are the reason why. So, yeah. I would say check it out. It's an amazing moment. I don't know what more I can really say. Great stuff here. So, yeah, we're at the end. My final thoughts on the show. We've, we've got there. It was, again, a four-hour show. I'm hoping I've got this down to a good, good, decent level. Well, you know, one hour, 18 for a four-hour show. Not too bad. I think, obviously, it would change when I edit this, of course. But, um, yeah, great show, great show. I think, as I said at the start of the show, could have been more, could have been sh chopped off some matches, but the big matches delivered. The the match I was really watching the show for delivered. There were nice little surprises, like the opener uh, with uh, Darby Allen and MGF. Wasn't surprised that to be as good as it was, so I like to be surprised like that. But, yeah, good stuff. If I was going to give it a grade, I'll give it, I'll give it an A-. minus. no. Yeah, A minus, but I think it's a bit too long. Uh, the question is, what was better, all out or full gear? It's a tough question. I would say I, I might put it out there actually um, on Twitter probably later on today um, or tomorrow, whenever I get this out. I don't know whenever, but um, yeah, I would personally I would say maybe all out was just a bit better, just because of all I think the matches are a bit more put together and obviously had the big shocks and returns so it worked but we're talking about minor details here both great ways to end 2021 for AEW I mean they're on this wave of momentum and I'm looking forward to seeing if they can keep it going to the end of the year and to the start of next year but um, yeah I'll give it I think it's a top notch show I still think it's an excellent show it's great stuff so if you have a chance check it out but, um, yeah, I would say that's uh, my end of my review. Just my thoughts. A um, little bit of quick final thoughts here. Nothing too detailed. Obviously, it's just myself this time. Josh will be back for our Survivor Series. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, no more work commitments. Fingers crossed we can get that done. We'd like to get one more, we've got two more pay-per-views left to do this year. Um, and then we're going to have our big end-of-the-year talk. I've got some big plans for that going forward. So, it should be fun. So, um, yeah, so I'll be... We'll be back for Survivor Series. I think it's next. I think it's this week prior to this recording. Then obviously I think NXT Takeover, not NXT Takeover, NXT War Games, just War Games. They're taking over the take, taking out the Takeover stuff. So should be interesting. So we'll be back for those two, and uh, we'll have a lot of content 
obviously you probably prior to scoring you will get I will post our review of services last year as well I'm trying to boost up our stuff you know so but if you got at the end of this video uh, end of this review um, please like and subscribe our YouTube channel really 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 appreciate one forty fifty four. I know it's not a lot of some people, but if I can get that to a good, if I can get another, get up to 60, maybe a good 70 by the end of the year would be great. But I think we're, we're, we're on the rise. We're starting to build something again. So I look forward to like, if, but if you like that, please like and subscribe. But if, if YouTube's not your thing, you listen to this on Spotify or iTunes, please leave a comment. Really appreciate it. Be honest. If we're rubbish, we're bad. Just let us know. Just let us know. But um, yeah. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, the Josh and Two Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at the Josh and Two Wrestling Podcast. Um, I do post on that reg- try to post on that regularly now, so definitely check that out. Um, obviously, uh, Josh and Stu Podcast um, at gmail.com if you want to find more about our prediction game. I'm assuming that'll be back because we'll be a hiatus from the uh, Saudi Arabia show we did not watch. With, but but um, yeah, we'll be back for Survivor Series. Um, hope you have an awesome week. I can't wait to watch AW Dynamite now after the after watching this show. And uh, yeah, just be back. And yeah, have an awesome week. And I've been Stuart Vine. And see you guys next time. Bye.